Yvette Darth Podcast, keeping Redcliffe and Queensland up to date. So many people still don't understand what domestic and family violence is. So can you define it for us? Describe what is domestic and family violence? I think that the confusion is really understandable because it's different for everybody. And because a lot of us grew up learning about a black eye or, or, or somebody being punched or, or injuries or broken ribs, it's actually so much more. And it, it could be happening to us, it could be happening to our friends, our mother, in, in our families. Good morning, Redcliffe and Queensland. Welcome to Episode 2 of the Yvette Darth Podcast. Today on the show, the Redcliffe Report, a quick local update featuring a recap on the Moreton Bay Food and Wine Festival and Kite Fest and some great news detailing the big redevelopment happening at Woody Point Special School, $28.2 million. Ten minutes with, of course, this is a monthly segment where I catch up with key community leaders, stakeholders and constituents. This month, domestic and family violence continues to be a major issue in Queensland, which is why I invited today's guest on the podcast, CEO for the Centre Against Domestic Abuse, or CADA for short, Holly Brennan. Holly's joining me to discuss the important services the organisation provides to those experiencing domestic and family violence, including advice for concerned family members or friends. So please listen to this important interview. And finally, ask Yvette. It gives you the opportunity to ask me questions prior to each episode via social media pages and the website. And I know you have lots of questions to ask. So this month, uh, questions around cost of living have certainly been the main questions being asked. So I'll be providing some information on the Queensland Government's cost of living rebate and also the Climate Smart Savers Program, which will help ease some of those financial burdens that we know householders are facing right now. Let's get into it. The Redcliffe Report, your local update. The Palaszczuk government is investing $17.8 billion in this year's budget for education for Queensland schools and, of course, our free kindy initiative starting on the 1st of January 2024, which I know is going to make a huge difference, not just in our young people's development and getting them ready for school, but importantly also it helps with those cost of living pressures. Locally, $28.2 million is being invested in the redevelopment of Woody Point Special School. If you've been driving past and wondering what's happening, well, here's a snapshot. A new administration block, 10 new learning areas, a new two-storey resource centre, a gym, improved parking, and with this expansion, once completed, our staff numbers will go from 69 to 107. So I know the whole Woody Point Special School community cannot wait for this expansion. There'll also be $2 million worth of works undertaken in our state schools, general maintenance, but also additional work at uh, Scarborough State School that's getting a new refurbished Block F, Redcliffe State High School with a refurbished Block D, Clontarp Beach State High School with modifying walkways for equitable access, Humpy Bong State School for multi-purpose sports court. So wonderful to see our local schools benefiting from this investment by the Palaszczuk government. Of course, we also know it's been a busy season with the Kite Fest kicking off the school holidays. It was fantastic down at Pelican Park. I hope many of you got to get along to that. I want to acknowledge, of course, the City of Moreton Bay and Moreton Bay Region Industry and Tourism for bringing these big festivals to our local area. Tens of thousands of people, which means it's supporting our local economy. And talking about supporting our local economy, Moreton Bay Food and Wine Festival. If you did not get to that three-day festival this year, 
Don't miss out next year. It is a fantastic event that is getting bigger and better every year. Of course, we had celebrity chefs. We had amazing lunches and dinners, different experiences, a gin school. But importantly, we had many growers, producers, businesses that showcased their products and services. And what it means is people are not just going to support them over the three days, but year round because of becoming aware of these businesses. And a big shout out to Redcliffe State High School hospitality students who worked at the event, providing the hospitality and serving all of those people who sat down to those magnificent lunches and dinners. So thank you to the hospitality students at Redcliffe State High School who are always going above and beyond and serving all those wonderful people who had those amazing lunches and dinners. Well done. Of course, it would be remiss of me to not talk about the season that we've just had. Dolphins. Oh my God. What a first season. I was there at the first game. I was there at the last game. I did not miss a home game. Managed to get away to uh, their game down at Newcastle for their first away game. I was just so proud, of course, as the local member and a member of the Palaszczuk government that We invested in the lights and that has meant that we can play NRL games in the evening that can be televised by Channel 9 now. So we knew those lights were critical in the future of our NRL bid and it was great to see them officially turned on this season as well. And also what this has meant for our region and my local community and economy because bringing all those people into full stadiums every time we have a game here at Redcliffe Uh, supports our local businesses, not least Lou at What's Your Team. I know they're selling out of gear all the time, so you're going to have to get in there quick when you want the new jersey for 2024. But thanks to Lou and his team. But most importantly, thank you to the community for supporting Lou. He's been there for many, many years doing it tough. And now we get to give back and make sure that his business is absolutely booming. To Bob Jones, to the whole team at the Redcliffe Leagues Club, Tony Murphy, uh, we say thank you to the whole board. You really have done us proud this year and we look forward to a bigger and better year next year. And of course, a couple of Broncos players coming over, which I'm really looking forward to. The Yvette Darth Podcast. Never miss an episode. Visit YvetteDarthMP.com or follow Yvette Darth MP on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Domestic and family violence continues to be a major issue in Queensland, including our local community, which is why I invited today's guest on the podcast. It's time for 10 Minutes with CEO of the Centre Against Domestic Abuse, or CADA for short, Holly Brennan. Holly has worked in women's health, prevention of violence against women and children, sexual and reproductive health, child protection, sexuality and respectful relationships education and health promotion for 25 years. CADA is the lead agency for the high-risk team, coordinated multi-agency response to high-risk domestic and family violence cases in Moreton Bay. CADA provides a range of support for survivors, including advocacy, risk assessments, emotional support, home safety upgrades, referrals and court support. Holly, thanks for inviting me to Cater's Caboolture office today to talk about the support your organisation provides to the Redcliffe and Moreton Bay community. Before we dive into that, I just want to get you to tell me a little bit about you, your journey to becoming a CEO and the history of Cater. Wow, thank you. And thank you so much for being here in Caboolture talking to us. Uh, Cater is an amazing service. 
We've got 60 staff all here working to prevent violence and control in our community. Everybody's dedicated to helping um, women and children and others, you know, have safe, healthy relationships and when they need to um, escape from violence and crisis. So me, I've always, which I know it sounds strange to some people, I've always worked in violence prevention. Um, I love working in community, helping people to be able to help themselves um, to live strong, healthy, vibrant lives. And I know every time I talk to you, Holly, I can sense that passion coming through. Thank you for the amazing work you do. So many people still don't understand what domestic and family violence is. So can you define it for us? Describe what is domestic and family violence? Yeah, and I I think that the confusion is really understandable because it's different for everybody. And because a lot of us grew up learning about, you know, a, a black eye or, or, or somebody being punched or, or injuries or broken ribs, we're, we're all still confused that it's actually so much more. And it, it could be happening to us, it could be happening to our friends, our mother, in, in our families, because domestic and family violence is really about someone using power and control to limit your choice and your opportunities um, to feel free and safe. A lot of people who live in domestic and family violence live in fear financially or socially, emotionally. They might not have control about seeing friends and family. They could be isolated. They may not even be allowed to eat the food that they want to or go to appointments or work outside of the home. So it can be really confusing for everybody really to go, well, what does it mean and what does it mean for me? Because it can range from, you know, physical, sexual, all the way to financial and even cultural. You know, you can't go to the church that you want to because somebody is controlling your ability to do that. You've just described some of, I guess, the, the triggers that people can be looking out for. Isolation, you know, not being able to go to the shops, not being able to work outside of the household, uh, you know, not being able to see your friends, having your text messages checked all the time financial control, having no control over what you're spending your money on or how much you can spend, emotional, psychological control, right through, of course, to, to physical harm. So if someone at home is listening to this podcast and saying, wow, I, th- I think that's me, or I know it's me, maybe it's time that I do something about it, that I try to get help, where can they go? Yeah, so I think that that's really interesting. And I think when people ring or reach out to get help, they're thinking that somebody's going to judge them and they're thinking that someone's going to tell them to leave. And so the first thing I want to tell the people who are listening is reaching out for help to a service like CADA, just Google us, Centre Against Domestic Abuse. Our number will come up and we welcome you to ring us and have a chat. But you don't have to be at that point of knowing exactly what you're looking at or exactly what you want to do. You just might need somebody to talk to because you might not feel like you're the person who's in crisis or in danger for your life. You might just feel like the person who isn't allowed to spend their own money or can't send their children to the school that they want to, or that you've got a bit of a feeling that your phone's being tracked and that every time you go to the shop, why does your partner know exactly where you are? So A lot of people don't reach out because they think, oh, what I'm dealing with isn't serious. Like, 
Someone else has got it worse than me. Why would anyone care about me? And really the thing is we do care about you. We all care about you to reach out and just have a talk through somebody who really does know the signs and who can help you to just kind of explore, you know, where your confusion is coming from and really what is happening and what can you do. Absolutely. It's looking out for those signs and recognising what is an unhealthy relationship and making that first point of contact. And I know people will be concerned, especially if they've got children as well. If they've got pets, we know that's a factor that they're, they're worried about, uh, you know, leaving their pets behind. And sometimes the first sign of domestic and family violence is a partner threatening or harming your animals. So we do have funding through the OSPCA to house people's pets, all types of pets, while someone is escaping domestic and family violence. And I just wanted to to mention that as well. So what about someone who is actually engaging that behavior, who may be listening and going, that's me, that's how I've been treating my partner, whether it's physical or psychological, financial control. If they finally want to stop that behavior, how can they get help? Yeah, I mean, and I just like put my hand up and say thank you. You know, if you're a person who is feeling confused by your relationship and you're thinking, well, this isn't quite as equal or comfortable or as loving as it used to be and what I want, like really do reach out. Most people want to be in a happy, healthy, equal relationship where they're, you know, having fun and getting on with it together. So the best thing to do is to reach out for help. Um, there are some services in our community um, that are really willing and able to talk with a person who's using violence and control. And the good news is that if you do get help and you do have somebody who you can speak with, and sometimes it might be a group or a walking group that you join where people just are really open and talk about this, that it means you don't have to continue in an unhealthy, controlling, violent relationship. People can change. And they just need the help to do that. And being brave enough to say, hey, I want to learn how to do this differently is just such a strong, amazing thing to do. I couldn't agree more. And we do want more perpetrators reaching out for support and help to change that behavior going forward. Because we know for every person who is in a uh, domestic and family violence relationship and we're able to assist them escaping that relationship, we're helping one person and their children. But if we can stop the perpetrator, we're helping stop victims who aren't even victims yet. I do encourage anyone listening to this podcast to, if you want to reach out and seek help, whether you are someone who is a recipient of that behaviour or you're the one perpetrating that behaviour, there is support for both of you. For those who are bystanders, family, friends who just thought, oh, we never get to see him. We know that he's really a bit controlling of whether she can come out and come to family events or whatever else, who are listening to this and going, I think I need to reach out and help. How best to do that? Be a friend. (laughs) Like I really, we can't say more than, like people don't want to be judged. People don't want to be told what to do. Um, Somebody who's living in a domestic and family violent relationship may need to tell five people before someone listens and believes. And when you listen and believe, that doesn't mean you have to give advice. It means listen and believe and be that person who is there for them. So many people won't leave. They're making a sensible choice 
to keep their children in the same school, at the same GP, and in the same community. And that mum is often doing amazing things to keep that family safe. So if you can be there for them as a friend and a listening board, someone who takes them for a walk or, you know, you go and have a cuppa, by listening and believing and not putting yourself in the shoes of, well, why don't you leave? But saying, how can I help? Or I'm going to bring you around some magazines. (laughs) And then as people trust you, because you're not judging, we'll probably, you'll find that over time, you'll be able to actually help them more and more to find the strength in their choice to make a decision that's sensible for them and their family. Thank you so much. We know shame, embarrassment, humiliation is such a barrier. Great advice. Don't judge. You don't have to be a professional counsellor. Just be a good friend. And am I right to say, Holly, that applies to both in that relationship. So if you are good friends with a couple and you see what one is doing to the other, it's not just talking about the person it's being done to, Mm. it's talking to the person who's doing it. That would be fair to say? It's quite amazing, isn't it, that we continue to feel like um, the victim or the survivor is one who should do something when actually they're already doing immense work in keeping their family together and keeping their family safe. Why aren't we having a jovial, gentle chat while we're watching the footy with our mates saying, you know, I've noticed this. Do you need to chat? Are you okay? Do you need some help? Now, of course, I'm talking about those domestic and family violence situations where you yourself as a bystander feel safe to talk to him as a person using violence or you feel safe talking to the woman or the children. There are other situations where, of course, you're ringing the police or you are ringing a service like uh, the Centre Against Domestic Abuse. You know, some people are killed by domestic and family violence. And some people also um, are at risk of suicide because of domestic and family violence. So whilst I think there are a million opportunities to open gentle conversations that are understanding and caring, there are also times where we can't say, I thought something was happening, but I didn't ring. We have to ring. We're neighbours, we're community, we're family. And the days are gone now where we can pretend we don't know what domestic and family violence is because we don't want to be rude or assume. Thank you so much. And if this podcast has triggered any concerns with you, the listener, or someone you know, please, you can reach out to CADA, C-A-D-A. That operates across Moreton Bay region and across Queensland, as does many other domestic and family violence and sexual violence services, DV Connect. Of course, you can reach out to my office. Uh, There are uh, many sites and and providers that are here to help. I want to make sure you're reaching out for that help. Of course, if uh, that risk is imminent, please pick up the phone, call Triple O. We want to keep you all safe, uh, your children safe. Uh, And your pets. And your pets. We should never turn a blind eye to domestic and family violence. We all have part to play in society. Holly, CEO of Centre Against Domestic Abuse, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for the great work that you and your team do. This is a conversation we need to continue to have. We need to lift awareness and education in our community for us to change the behaviour out there, have more respectful relationships 
and prevent this harm occurring in the first place. Yep, and we absolutely can. Got a question for Yvette? Visit Yvette MP on Facebook or Instagram and click on the link in her bio. One of my favourite parts of doing a podcast is the ability to answer questions for my local constituents and Queenslanders as a whole. If there were more hours in the day, I'd speak to you all individually. But this is a great way for me to respond to some of those key issues facing many people across Queensland. This is Ask Yvette. Ask Yvette, answering your questions. This month, we've received lots of questions on cost of living pressures, and we know we know that prices are going up. We know people are doing it tough. And that's why I'm proud that the Palaszczuk government has released the cost of living rebate. Of course, this isn't the first rebate that we've provided on electricity, but we've got even more in this year's budget. It comes in two forms, either Queenslanders with a seniors, veterans or concession card, they'll be eligible for a rebate of $1,072. For all other Queensland households, you will receive a rebate of $550, which means everybody benefits. So do you have to apply for the rebate? Well, if you're a seniors, veteran, concession card holder, and you've already got concession status registered with your electricity provider, you don't need to do a thing. But if you haven't already registered or you're unsure, contact your provider and they will be able to assist you to make sure you do not miss out on that rebate. For all other households, you don't need to do a thing. You will automatically get your $550 rebate. It will be automatically credited to your electricity bill. Now, you're probably wondering when will you receive this rebate? Well, for most households, the rebate will be credited to your electricity bills on a quarterly basis from 1 July this year. Exact timing will depend on your retailer's system requirements and individual billing cycles. If you pay fortnightly or monthly, you should speak to your provider about how that rebate will be applied to your account, or you may have an app like I do, and you'll be able to see when that payment is coming through. Are businesses entitled to a rebate? Absolutely. Eligible small businesses in Queensland will receive an automatic electricity rebate of $650 in the 2023-24 financial year, starting from 1 July this year. Now, for those people who receive their electricity bill through the caravan park owner or the body corporate that they live in, you are still eligible for the cost of living rebate. On suppliers can apply for the rebate on behalf of their residents by completing an application for cost of living rebate 2023-24 form. If this applies to you, speak to your on supplier directly. You may also be eligible for other concessions, subsidies or rebates. You might be surprised to know that there are many, many concessions and rebates available through the Queensland Government every year that people do not claim. Now, I know I have a large elderly population in my electorate who would be eligible for these concession subsidies and rebates. You can easily explore the range of Queensland Government-funded savings and support services by visiting the Queensland Savers website, which is www.queenslandsavers.qld. .gov.au. Don't miss out on what you're entitled to. I've also received lots of questions around the Climate Smart Savers Program. So what is this? Rebates of up to $1,000 are available to purchase a four-star rated or higher energy efficient appliance, including washing machines, fridges, dryers, dishwashers, air conditioners, and hot water systems. 
There's two types of rebates available, the standard rebate available to all eligible Queensland households and the low income rebate for households with lower annual income. The amount paid will depend on the energy efficient appliance you purchase and install. Now, the program will close when funding is exhausted and completed rebate applications are being assessed in order of submission. So please, if you put in a submission, be patient uh, so that we can work our way through them and get back to you as soon as possible. The Smart Energy Savers Program is just another way the Palaszczuk government is helping households save on electricity bills following this year's nation-leading energy rebates. This rebate program not only helps purchase new household appliances, but it does mean we save money and help lower emissions for years to come. So thank you for doing your bit for the environment. Thank you to everyone who put forward questions for this edition of Ask Yvette. Please keep them coming. You can ask via the website, yvettedarthmp.com or on Facebook or Instagram. I'll answer the most commonly asked questions in the next episode. The Yvette Darth Podcast. Never miss an episode. Visit yvettedarthmp.com or follow Yvette Darth MP on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Well, that's it for Episode 2 of the Yvette Darth Podcast. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next month with more information for the community. Catch you then.